Good morning, friends. It is Wednesday morning in the second week of Advent. And uh, we're going to begin today in Psalm 126. Uh, I love reading this psalm at Advent because it's sort of an in-between psalm. There's many that speculate uh, sort of the beginning and end of this psalm um, are, if you're familiar uh, with the story of the Hebrew people uh, and the Babylonian exile, it's sort of the beginning and the end of exile are illustrated in this psalm. And, and so it's a psalm of, of, of waiting and of not yet. So Psalm 126, verse 1. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Uh, Verses four to six that I just read in another translation or transliteration uh, says this, and now God do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest so that those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. I find that one of the most difficult places to live is between what God has done in the past and what you're hoping God will do in the future. It's the place that's often referred to as like the desert or the wilderness in the scriptures. It's, it's the place of the dry spell or the drought. And maybe you're there now. I find in talking to people uh, recently and throughout the course of, uh, of quarantine and the pandemic, this has very much been the state of, of many of our souls. And Advent in this kind of waiting for something to break through as we're waiting culturally for things, for whether it's a, a vaccine or restrictions to be lifted or waiting for numbers to drop, um, waiting for life to somehow return to some semblance of how it was before. And then there is the waiting of the Advent season where we're reminded again of Christ, yes, who continues to come, but who will ultimately come again like he came the first time. Um, uh, at the Christmas story. And so when we find ourselves in this place, our eyes instinctively go to what we don't have. This is what I find over and over. It's true in my own life, not just others. Like when I'm in this place of in-between, my eyes go right. Like it's an immediate instinct. They go to what I don't have and what's missing. And my focus goes to my frustration. And it does. it just does not tend to go to God's faithfulness. It doesn't have to be this way, though. And this has been one of the great disciplines uh, in my life, is you have to choose because you have a choice in every season, even seasons of drought, even seasons of waiting, even seasons of in-between. You get to choose the perspective that you're going to have in that. You get to decide if you will complain about what's missing or thank God for what's actually available. You can decide to turn... I don't know, the dry ground that you're, that you're on into a, almost like a training ground, a place that you learn to rely on God more than ever before. You actually get to decide if you will stare at the parched and dry ground or 
fix your eyes or lift your eyes towards the skies that are heavy with blessing and with his promises and faithfulness. There's always, truly always supply in sight. And we need to train our spirit to recognize it. We need to, to, um, to, to fix our eyes on heavenly things. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So a season of drought can actually drive us to greater devotion and greater intimacy and greater rest and greater trust with God. It can bring you to a place of asking, God, would you do it again? Would you do what you've done before? Will you do what I've seen you do in other people's lives? It's like pleading with God to come through in the ways that only he can. When you begin to do that, when you fix your eyes there, when you place your trust there, I've been going through something recently and I find myself just stewing on it. Anyone do this? Just, just go, I go back over it and go back over it and I go back over it. And in the same way, we can constantly worry like a little ticker tape in the back of our mind. Uh, we're invited to be in constant prayer, play, pray at all times which is the sort of way of saying like, be awake and aware of the God who is here and who is with us and lean into his promises and, and hand those things over and entrust the realities of, of the hardship of life and finances and other people in conflict and entrust those to God. When we do this, it can tighten the bond that we have with God, but it doesn't happen naturally. That was the big, maybe it's obvious to some of you, but that was the big, uh, epiphany for me years ago like this is actually a choice this is my choice to lift my eyes to lift my perspective to lift my expectations and so advent right is all about this um this coming of the lord this coming of the light the scripture uses this imagery and uh and and, and this is an opportunity for us to get our eyes up, to, to turn our eyes towards the coming King. Maybe you've been really inundated with the minutia of life. Maybe you've forgotten the bigger plan. Maybe you've lost perspective. And I just want to, I don't know, humbly submit to you this morning that like, he's got, he's got the world in his hands. He has this city, he has this neighborhood, he has your heart in his hands. So the one who is coming is inviting us this Advent to set our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith, the beginning and the end, the giver of all that is good, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so I want to end uh, with Isaiah 40. This is a classic. Um, as I mentioned last week, Isaiah, or a couple days ago, Isaiah uh, is one of the most often quoted um, prophets in the season of Advent. And he writes in Isaiah 40, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, it's like those who get their eyes up, those who change their perspective, those who turn, um, yeah, turn their hearts towards God, those who hope in the Lord, he says, will renew their strength. Like what a promise 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Look, when we close our eyes, we should see more than we see with our eyes open. When we close our eyes, like what do you see? Your family or your marriage or your business or your ministry, your future, the vision of your future. Like what do you see when you actually close your eyes? When you lean into the promises of God? When you begin to turn your attention uh, towards, uh, towards a hope in Him? And when you walk in faith? And so let me just pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I pray um, for those that are having a difficult time in this moment of in-between, of not knowing. Lord, those who are struggling, those who feel like, yeah, their eyes are just fixed on their circumstances only and not on you. I just pray that you would help each one of us lift our eyes, lift our eyes to you, to bring our struggles, bring our fears, bring our uncertainties, bring our questions to you, not bring them uh, and try to sow them in that dry land. Lord, I pray just a blessing of peace as we're in this second week of peace of Advent upon everyone today. I pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.